up, everybody? Welcome to TRB Live. I'm John. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday evening. Uh, or if you're listening on your podcast apps, whatever day you're listening, we are here to talk about Ahsoka Part 3, Time to Fly. And with me, as always, is James and Lacey. And we are going to fly through a lot of stuff that happened in this episode. We're trying to get back to an hour show. That probably is not going to happen because it never does. Nope. <laughs> but uh, it's good to see you guys. So uh, how are we doing? Are you... Uh, are you over what we just saw? We got a we got a live action, a traditional classic live action Star Wars space battle. Loved it. I have watched this episode, I think, five times now. Five? Really? Five. Yeah, five oh. times. Cause it th- first of all, the music is so good that while I was working today, I just had it on and I was like jamming out. Yeah. Two, it was so short, unfortunately. That's my one negative about this episode, is how short it was. Uh, that you could easily watch it twice in the time that I would watch the other episodes. So that's I watched a, it twice last night. That's a that's a cop out negative. Honestly, I think of, I think of a great short more. episode as a positive because I'm like, oh really? That, Interesting. Yeah, that allows you to watch it. It feel it gives you the freedom to go back and watch it again without it being like no. double the time to take to get through one episode. So Lacey, what what I mean is yeah. like, it's always good to like find something to criticize um <laughs> yeah john needs a soundboard that has like a wee wee and he's like cop out cop out. <laughs> but it's like it's like when when michael uh when uh david wallace asked michael scott what his weaknesses are and he's like i care too much i work too hard my and weaknesses like, are my strengths my strength. <laughs> yes <laughs> so when you said oh it was a little short it's like okay then otherwise, i was disappointed like halfway through the episode i'm like oh my gosh how much is left because I always do that to check. And I was like, really I was too. like 20 minutes yeah. and I got yeah. like disappointed. And it's always tricky because you think there's that much time left and you realize like the credits on these things are like six minutes. I know because they do all the different territories too. All the stuff. territories. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean, we have a lot to get into. Uh, so but before we do, I want to thank everybody who are uh, joining us live tonight. We appreciate that very much. Uh, Super Chats are available if you want your comments read on the show and us discussing those. Uh, And of course, we appreciate anyone who has been supporting us on our Patreon. Uh, If you like what we do here, if you're new to TRB, first of all, welcome to the base. Hope you're having a good time. Uh, Hope you enjoy the show. But hop over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast and check out our tiers. They start at five bucks. And we have a lot of exclusive episodes over there. We do some live streams. We have a Discord server, a lot of cool stuff. So go check it out. And we appreciate any and all support. It means a great deal to us. Um, before we get into anything else, uh, I have to say a happy fifth birthday to my son, Johnny, today. Yay, yes. Johnny. Yes. Johnny yeah. number five. Johnny five turns five. That's right. Um, he had a great day. So it was, uh, he had a great day at school. And he had a great day at home with us. Cake. I was going to say, how's school going? School's going. Uh, he Does actually he love it. He's really taken to it. So oh, it's, I loved school. I miss going to school. I'm not even gonna oh, lie. Really? I loved school growing up. Oof, I'm glad. Like I don't. my sisters hated me because I loved it so much. Like as soon as summer was over and you got to go back to school shopping for like supplies and stuff and clothes. Ugh, my jam. Oh, loved it. Good for you. Jeez, yeah. that was my nightmare. I hated it. I love summer. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Did you like yeah. going back to school at the end of summer, James, or were you more of a summer kid? I hated school always. <laughs> Go. Um, 
All right, I did be- like back to school shopping though. I like getting new stuff and having like the first day, like everything's new. Yeah. You know, backpack, yeah. all that, yeah. that, that freshness or whatever was felt good. But, yeah. and you always started off the year being like, this is the year that it's good. You're lying to yourself. Cause I always was like flunking by the end, but my, my only thing was, and Lacey's going to make fun of me for this was like seeing how like the girls look. Yep. Back to school You've year. said this before. <laughs> I think you've said this anytime school comes up, actually, <laughs> for like every, five every years. Every guy knows what I'm talking about, all right? Five years. Um, and you, to be honest, though, yeah. what you're saying is no different for girls. Yeah. yeah. Everybody yeah. wants to see who grew up over the summer, who They're like, didn't, oh, Timmy went through puberty. Who got a haircut. <laughs> yeah. I remember it was like a big deal if someone cut their hair. You were like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yep. Um <laughs> So, uh, but if you've been watching by now, you know that um, where we stand in terms of what's going on with the union strikes, obviously our hearts and minds are with the writers and actors and crew members who are currently on strike against the studios. We are fully uh, in line with them and in support of what they're trying to do to get what they need to in order to get back to work in a fair marketplace. Um, But we decided to cover Ahsoka because one, obviously the show was made before any of the strikes happened. And this show is important for the future of Star Wars, for the future of Dave Filoni, this connected story, and all the people who made this. The hundreds and hundreds of people you see in those credits at the end of these episodes put a lot into this and uh, seeing it not get the success that it deserves um, be a shame. So yeah, we- keep in mind they didn't ask for a customer boycott. And two, Disney has been canceling things left and right and like yeah. not even releasing projects that are finished. Yeah. So yeah. this is also done out of necessity of like, hey, let's show that this is needed. I mean, most recently, Lucasfilm's Willow, gone. Take, taken mm-hmm. off the platform. They just said yeah. Spiderwick Chronicles or whatever. They're not even releasing it. It's done. They're just not putting yeah. it out like yeah. I, I couldn't even imagine putting all my love and care and passion and skill into something just to have it just be like erased off the face of the planet right right so, um as we move forward here we do have uh some fun stuff to get into which is we are going to announce our giveaway winner from our contest yes. last week so Lacey, i'm gonna hand it over to you to announce the good news Yes. So thank you to everybody who entered. We had hundreds of entries. It meant so much to us that you guys, first of all, watched the show and listened enough to enter the contest, but also that you like really enjoyed the show and you wanted the Sabine figure, which I get it. It's pretty awesome. I have it right here. It's a whole bust from Gentle Giant. It's limited to 3000 pieces. Uh, Thanks to Gentle Giant, our buddies over there who sent it over. Um, We really appreciate it. So there were two ways to enter. You could comment on a video and tell us your favorite moment or tweet and tell us your favorite moment. So to be fair, we picked one winner from YouTube and one winner from Twitter, and then we randomly put them together and did a, you know, switch around in the bowl type thing. Um, and our winner <laughs> is our Twitter winner one, and it's at Mando 800. So, <laughs> congratulations. We'll be sending you that way with other goodies in the box as well. I always stuck stick stuff in the box, stickers and whatnot. <laughs> um, so send us an email at resistancebroadcast at gmail.com and we will get that prize to you. But don't worry if you didn't win. We have tons more stuff to give away uh, in the rest of Ahsoka and then beyond. We have tons of stuff. So don't worry. More giveaways are on the way. And thank you again for everybody that entered. Yes. Uh, and yeah, Mando800's handle is at MandoClorians, which is clever. Uh, and the favorite part that they tweeted to. Oh, answer, I'm sorry. Did I say his name and not his handle? Yeah, you said his. Okay. No, you said his 
His oh yeah, you did say his. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mando 800. It's okay. <laughs> My bad. Uh, but it, the favorite part of Mando 800's to enter the contest was the blow-by of the double-edged saber past Ahsoka. She oh, yeah, that was his that. answer. Yeah. God, mm-hmm. I really slaughtered this announcement. Uh, <laughs> no, no, he didn't no. do it justice for you, Mando 800. He's like, I won. I don't even remember what my favorite part was. <laughs> I got that Sabine bust coming to my house. So, yeah, mm-hmm. congratulations yeah. to you. And thanks, to everybody who entered. Uh, as Lacey said, more giveaways are coming. Uh, the base is full of stuff, and we want to. And I know because I had to buy bins to yes. store all yes. this stuff. Yeah, it's like Rancho Obi Wan over there. Yes. Yeah. Um, but basement, all right, yeah. now it's time to get into the mix, and we always start things off um, by well, do we have super chats? Let's do the super chats. We do have super chats. Good call. So uh, let's kick it off with some super chats. First, we have Kale. Beckworth. Thank you, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Awesome. Thank you, Kyle. Make Solo 2 happen. Sure. I know you're with Amelia Clark, but every time I see your picture, I just think Solo shirt. Uh, thanks for the super chat. He said, we need an astronaut Ahsoka Funko Pop. It was a really great scene. Reminded me of Ray cutting uh, Kylo's TIE fighter in episode nine. It was yeah. absolutely epic. And we're going to get into that in a bit. Obviously, spoiler alert, if you're joining us and haven't watched the episode yet. But it was... What are you doing here? Yeah. Yeah. I think a little late to the spoiler p- review. I know, yeah. but just a little... Some people <laughs> a little late to the party. But anyway, that being said, for me, it was just like one of those moments that I was like, I cannot believe this is happening and this is awesome. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is so Star Wars. And I knew immediately, I was like, this is going to be, someone's going to be mad about this, but I'm not. Now, do you think when she put that thing on, it was very easy? Or did she have to do that thing where you put a glove on and you're like, oh, it's in this finger and then it goes in this one and then it goes in that one? So it's like, funny you say that. I think my one critique is she was like, I'm going to go out there. And Sabine's like, out there? Out where? And then all of a sudden she had the suit on. And I was like, there's no way she... Did she use the force to get dressed? Dude on because i know that like when you're putting on a snowsuit a wetsuit i don't know spandex suit i used to do ski racing in high school where i had to wear the full spandex suit it takes a while to get that thing on the force though the force maybe maybe that's a or force the fe- we are or, unaware of or the future it takes me a minute to get like a helmet on and strapped on right but like they have the ones that are like you know they just like protect your head immediately or, or so maybe in the future or in this well, galaxy well, this is in the past, James. It's a, it was a long time ago. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> but what if she has like Pee Wee Herman has his like fire pole and he slides down in his pajamas and then he gets to the next floor and he's fully dressed? Just you don't know. It's a really fitted suit, though. Like Rosario yeah. Dawson looked good in the suit. It is a very fitted. I mean, suit. Rosario Dawson always looks good. I know. But in the space suit, I was I like, feel like it has to be custom. Right roll now. up yeah into a club in that suit and be perfectly good because she like, went to a tailor a space tailor and got that yeah, yeah i'm just probably. saying from the time of her saying i'm going to distract them to the time that she's rolling out that's a lot of fitting a lot of anyway kyle we'll get to that in a little bit. all right next is bricks with keith which i believe is his first super chat thank you so much keith he said Will the new galaxy be a way to get the Yuzon Vong back into canon? This has been a hot topic. So they were never canon. Hot topic. <laughs> I, you know, I, people get upset about that. But even uh, someone shared. He's saying back into canon. So they were the EU. He's saying getting him back. But in order to be back in canon, you would have had to have been canon. 
Yeah, that's fair. I but think he's saying them. like before it was erased. To get them John, into John's canon. just being picky. I it's just it's just it when people get mad that they erased it as canon. <laughs> I don't think Bricks is is mad. Bricks. I'm not saying Bricks is. I'm not saying Bricks is. He's from Canada. Yeah. He's probably very nice. He's like sorry. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Oh, that's probably worse than what I just said. How about, okay, one how of about my John? best was friends never, is from was, Canada, and he jokes all the time that all he says is sorry. So Ooh. in in that EU stuff, they had different levels of canon, and there was like G canon, which is George's canon. It was never in G canon, but it was on one of the other levels of canon, right? No, to be fair, but that's okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I am going to say no, because I think they like to borrow some stuff and not all the stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that would be a huge thing to take that and fully import that. I could be wrong, but I'm I'm just going to lean no. Yeah. I think everything's on the table at this point. Like, yeah, we've seen some crazy stuff get pulled into canon and... We know Dave Filoni loves his EU. He's referenced a bunch of different things as a fan himself. So I think everything's on the table. I actually don't know <laughs> because mm-hmm. I have no idea. This show, I'm going in so fresh with like no expectations, no th- theories until things happen. Um, and I've actually really enjoyed that until I see it on screen that I'm like, okay, what's my next step instead of like imagining what's going to happen? Um, so I don't know. If it does happen, that would be cool. If it doesn't, okay. Uh, I just don't want fans to be disappointed because <laughs> I feel like people get super disappointed about everything. And yeah, life sucks as it is. So I want people to oh, enjoy Star Wars. No, life's great. Life is great. I'm saying there are things in life that suck. Yeah. So I want you to enjoy Star Wars. <laughs> I've been thinking for the longest time that there's a there's a storyline that involves the greater Chiss ascendancy or the, the mm. people and all that. But mm. uh, you know, the more we're getting into what they're doing with Thrawn, I don't know if that's like the bigger story or not. And we're thinking about all these other possibilities of like, what is Ray going to go up against in the future movies and stuff? Maybe this galaxy does have something to do with it because they can kind of point to an empire that exists over there. You know what I mean? Like, uh, sort of like the Watchmen. Like now, it, it, like we'll stop fighting over here if we have a common enemy. Like that galaxy wants to take over this galaxy, and it's not just like another group of people who can't seem to, you know, th- make the government fail and all this other stuff. It's just that story repeated. If you have something else from another galaxy coming over, invading us, then all of a sudden now it's like us versus them. So maybe that maybe it does start to make sense. But oh, I did know. I just? Did I just see uh, our boys from Children of the Watch pop in? Yes, and I put it up on the screen because it was more of a James comment than anybody else, which was that her spacesuit looked like the Saiyan armor from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, which this was sent. This was sent like that. Too. So, <clears throat> so the biggest thing to come out of it is just it's the like, white thing. It well, yeah, it's the it's well, it's the pads on the side. Really, she she doesn't have it so much on the top, but the pads going down the side look like basically identical usually there's one in the front too but she just has yeah. the sides and yeah. it's white also sitting on top of vegeta's blue. like blue so yeah. it, it is similar just like one portion of it does kind of look similar um i sent it back at adam odal was who sent me that and i sent it back to him and i say i don't, I don't see a tail on her so she can't be <laughs> saying <laughs> they have but. tails hmm. they do have tails they can get them cut off but if they see the moon <laughs> when they have their tail 
No, if they see the moon, period, they turn into a great ape. And oh, I can't wait to watch that. Um, okay, that is a super popular show. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's the second. I think it's like the second biggest anime in the world. So, <laughs> like, all right. Literally. <laughs> anyway, that being said, uh, thank you, Bricks. Thank you so much. And he said in the comments he's not mad about what we said. So that's great. Oh, yeah. No uh, Space Cadet. Zero, uh, underscore one. Thank you so much for the super chat. Said, I love that we have an actual Time Lord shepherding us into the t- timey wimey Star Wars. That's a Doctor Who joke that I actually mm-hmm. get. Uh, is the Ahsoka font and end credits aim vaguely Glefrian? What is that? I don't know. What does that mean? I'm being know. stupid right now. Someone tell me in the comments. I, don't I just assumed it's something from Dragon Ball Z. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what that term is. I feel real dumb right now. But however, uh, I do think it looks very much Game of Thrones. And I know a lot of people have said that. And I'm not trying to like take credit for that. Um, but I think the end credits just are so good. And the music is so good. And honestly, we'll get into it. But I think this this episode, Hu, Hu Yang, uh, David Tennant shined in this. He was so funny he is good what what is what is this tardis it says tardis yeah it's a group of people that exist in the doctor who universe oh okay i'm sorry so frank grande in the chat said that that's a race from doctor who okay that makes sense i'm gonna be honest i'm not into doctor who i tried i couldn't get into it i'm so sorry everyone i'm just I watched... glad it wasn't a star wars thing we're all like what is that <laughs> yeah i oh it's the <laughs> language so mickey's saying it's the language of the time lords okay fair um the most i've seen of that is like a couple matt smith episodes and a like i think one david Tennant episode and like one of the guy that's nine but like i could never get into it i'm so sorry i always confused doctor who with house why (laughs) it's about some doctor who's a big know-it-all big shot but he's not an actual doctor you know that right like he's not like a i'm fixing medical problems doctor i didn't know he's just called the doctor oh call me doctor then call me dr star wars i am not gonna do that uh thank you so much space cadet and last (laughs) but not least is mike ramori what up mike how's it going man he said awesome episode of ahsoka i gave it four rosarios and four natasha's Ooh. Four and eight. What is the conversion from Natasha to Rosario and Rosario to Natasha, Mike? Uh, uh, since they're out of fours, I would just add them together. Oh, he did. Four and eight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just joking. Uh, I got the whole family watching. My daughter, Reagan, wants a shout out. I'm hoping it is Reagan and not Regan. Yeah, I think it's Reagan. Hi, Reagan. Great. Which I appreciate First that. All, Mike, I love that name. So. Yeah. Your daughter is probably beautiful because that's a beautiful name. Thank thanks. you so much. Yeah, thanks to your whole family for um, supporting and influencing you to keep exploring your nerdiness, Mike. So they're probably like, well, if he wasn't doing this, he'd be drumming right now in the house. So let's talk <laughs> some Star Wars. I did Mike. show I have the Ahsoka Barbie doll from the Disney store that came out sometime this year or last year. And I showed it to Daisy today and she goes, open, please. And I was like, not today, but someday. <laughs> all right. A very right. good day. Thank you all very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciate Thanks. that. Um, and keep them coming if you like. But the, the tangents we just went on. 
That's why Michelle's we Michelle's disappointed we don't know uh, Doctor Who. I'm so sorry, Michelle. I am. I apologize for everything I just said, probably. Um, <laughs> but here we go. We are going to get into the Rosario scale right now and rate this episode. Uh, so what we do here, if you're new, uh, zero to ten halves count, and we rate this episode using the Rosario Dawson face scale. And we total up ours, give our average, and then we check in to see what our patrons rated this one. But for us here, uh, let's get into it. James, we're going to start with you. Part three, time to fly. How many Rosarios are we looking at? I gave it nine. Ooh, so you're sticking with nine. Nine, nine, Mm -hmm. nine so far. Okay. Yes. Although I was considering going higher even. That is wild. Okay. So you loved it. A nine is a very, I don't know. Have you given anything a 10? I, yeah, I gave the last, I think the last two episodes, possibly the last four, but I'm pretty sure the last two, at least of the Clone Wars um, TV series, tens. I was mm-hmm. like, they couldn't, they couldn't be any better. There's literally yeah. nothing they could improve on. Okay. Yeah. I'm wearing a Clone Wars shirt right now. Mm-hmm. Look that. at you. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to show my belly. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, where is he going with this? <laughs> I'm either trying to get more viewers or less. <laughs> um, all right. Lacey, you're up. What did you rate part three, Time to Fly? I gave it a nine as well. Um, oh. I gave the first two episodes a nine. I thought this was right on par with those episodes. I loved every second of it. Um, I'm rating. I know I joke about Mandalorian because I'm like 10, 10, 10. I actually don't think I've given out that many tens. I think the perfect episode I've said, which I stand by, is the Luke Skywalker episode from Mandalorian season two. Um, so I rate that as like a perfect episode for me as a Star Wars fan. So this being a nine is so much, is very strong. Didn't, it's very strong for me. Didn't you famously give the very first episode of the Mandalorian a 10? Did I? Because I agree with that episode being a 10 as well. <laughs> I stand I by my I remember you rating. saying like, um, what have I done? Oh, I definitely did because that yeah. end moment may, is one of the best yeah. moments in Star Wars. So yeah, yeah, those are the two tens I've given. So these are up there. And I think that this season, this series in general, has the ability to be some of my top Star Wars moments ever. Mm-hmm. But currently, I'm up there with the best, but not the best. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a little lower. I gave it an eight. Um Main reasons are I don't know how I'm feeling about Sabine training to be a Jedi yet. It's going to be something that I'm going Boo. to. Have. Yeah, I'm going to have to adapt Boo. to that and come to terms with it. And then the other thing, significantly, egregiously, not enough Balin Skull. Uh, just he was in it for 10 seconds and it was probably the best part of the episode. So he is, he has such a commanding force when he's on screen. I can't look away. Like he's more, just there. The more these episodes tick by, the more I know we're running out of Ray Stevenson. And it's, oh, don't say it that way. It's shattering my soul. It's <laughs> like, especially this character too. I, I just, I think is so far great. Cause I've been wanting a great star Wars villain for a while. And mm-hmm. I think he has a lot of tricks up his sleeve. So an eight for me, still a great score. Three out of four stars, mm-hmm. eight out of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, really enjoyed it a lot. And we'll get into why. So for us, James, I believe that puts us at an 8.7 on the Rosario scale. Bing, there it is. She's so pretty. She is. She's yeah. Pretty. Yep. Yes, she is. Uh, and now we're going to check in with our patrons who didn't have to do a lot of work on this one, James. 
8.7 from the Boom. patrons. <laughs> Look <Here> at that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're right on par with them. That doesn't always yeah. happen. Sometimes one of us is a little above the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's good to see. Uh, and then a couple of comments out of our camp in the resistance base. Sarah went 8.5 Rosarios. The short runtime really dragged it down for me. Loved the little Jason. Is Chopper watching Jason or is Jason watching Chopper? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, Charles A. Uh, chimed in with a nine. He said, super solid episode, space battles, Jedi training, politics. It's all there. Loving it. So very good. Thank you both for those comments. Thank you, everybody who left your score and commented as well. We appreciate it very much. We'll try to get as many of you on the show as we can uh, out of Patreon. So thank you all so, so much. So now it's time to get into the meat and potatoes of this thing and really talk about this episode, which yeah, it was shorter. I think it was 32 minutes if you take credits out of the mix, something around there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it packed a lot and a lot of action. And I believe our first traditional live action Star Wars space battle in on Disney Plus, which uh, because, you know, there were those, you know, evasive moments in Andor and, you know, a couple things here and there with the other shows, but a real full on space battle style. I think this was probably one you could say is more of the traditional Star Wars space battle, unless I'm forgetting I, one, but well, there was one in the Mandalorian that when it actually happened, it was like a negative for me. I was like, that felt bad. That looked bad. I did not like it at all. And I felt like it was kind of pointless to the story. Um, and this was completely different. And I was thinking about that when I was watching it, I was like, this is so the complete opposite of what happened in Mandalorian. I love this. I love how they're shooting it, how, you know, in, in the ships, outside of the ships, the music, the you know, just all of it, the way it's paced, everything the music, about it was great. I think the music is an integral part to Star Wars. It's space battles. so good. It's yeah. so good. And we got to give credit I think it's to the best score so far. I mean. Out of the shows? Yeah. Yeah. I, Kevin I worked with Ludwig on, uh, I think, the song that Sabine listens to on her yeah. speeder bike. Mm-hmm. Nothing That's nothing cool. from Ahsoka that. is going to be as iconic as no, uh, the Mandalorian. Not. But that being said, I think, like, for me, it's the one that has hit the strongest. It's definitely more traditional Star Wars. And it, mm-hmm. it I believe just in listening to it, especially during the space battle and the chase in space with the Purgles and stuff felt like they were leaning towards prequel era John Williams with a lot of intense short blasts and stuff like that, which I really liked. Um, And we got to give credit to Steph Green, the director who did the last two episodes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it all falls on the director, how these things look. And she she did a tremendous job. Um, And who knows what the budget is, but it was filmed in the same way as Kenobi's, uh, as well as Mando and Boba Fett. It looks so much different, though. I don't know, I know. If it's because they're shooting in space. I don't know if it's there hasn't been a director. scene yet that I've felt like oh they're in the volume. Not one, not yet. There I was have not one, been... but I liked it. There was one, but uh, I yeah. didn't like it. I I even feel like part of me is looking for it, and I'm still I can't I can't spot it or see it, and <laughs> I'm like that's great. Like <laughs> they've they've mm-hmm. I think they've got there, and it's weird because. I felt that way about Mandalorian and then I started to see it and then I really started to see it, you know, in Boba Fett and, and Obi-Wan. And then I Obi-Wan thought it was going to be even worse here yeah. and it's the best one so far. And I'm like, man, they either like upped their tricks and I'm going to look back on Ahsoka uh, and be like, oh, you know what? Now I see it. But right now, just like when Mandalorian came out, I was like, I don't see it. 
at all. Right. Yeah, it looks great. Um, now, on that theme, let's get into our favorite moment, quote, or shot from this episode. Uh, and this time we're starting with, oh, me. Okay. <laughs> I, so, my, nice. my bit answer is Balin's skull at the end of the episode. Uh, of course. Um, hunt, the, hunt down the Jedi. Like, it's just... He just he's pulled right out of Game of Thrones. This character, it's just he's so good. He's so classic of an actor, and I believe everything he's saying. I don't believe I'm seeing actor Ray Stevenson. I believe I'm seeing Balin. He's scary. He's, he's so good, and it's a subtle intensity. It's not that over the top. I got to try to act evil. There's a mm -hmm. lot going on there, and a lot on his face that is yet to be told. So, but. If I'm going to be real about shots, like that line and that his stature in that moment is is epic to me. I got to go with the purgle coming out of the clouds. Uh, that was or whatever that is the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. I th you talk about how these things look, and I remember us, you know, lauding Hal Hickel and Favreau for the season two debut of Mandalorian and how great the crate dragon looked. This is on par with that, if not better because of the layers they had to go through with the atmosphere and everything. It looks, those things looked fantastic and they could have been so cartoony. I mean, our thumb from last week was from rebels and it just, you know, how do you translate that into live action? And boy, did they, and you even yeah. see the eyeballs and everything. I thought that was just amazing. That was one of those, like, <laughs> it's almost like when you go like whale watching and you see a giant whale jump out of the water and you're like, mm -hmm. Whoa! That's how yeah, I felt crazy. watching this fake Star Wars show. Mm -hmm. So I got to go with the Purgle. I, I don't know if I took someone's spot, but James, how about you? Um, no, my favorite shot is the Balin skull at the end. Oh, all right. Um, I I really do love. Uh, we're gonna get into it, but I really do love almost every single thing about this episode. So I feel like every portion of it perfectly paced was like every section had a, had a, an amazing moment and shot in it. Um, but there really was something about the way they ended that episode. And it wasn't just that they cut to him and he said his line, but that is such a long shot. They hold it for so long uh -huh. and there are, so many multiple emotions that go through his face uh, as he's moving around. He completely dominates the frame. It's yeah, it's like a perfect shot. So to to say, hey, we've been taking you through this entire episode, and then we're going to finish it and sort of cliffhanger you with this perfect filmmaking shot. You yeah. know, it's like great. Yep, wonderful. It, it definitely leaves you wanting to hit. Uh, play next episode immediately, you know, yeah, without a doubt. All right, cool. Um, Lacey, how about you? I have two shots, John. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I kind of did two also, though. So. To my defense, <laughs> yeah, you're like, <laughs> what a loser, and then <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, I just did that five minutes ago. To my defense, uh, they are both similar shots, so the word of the day is Dolly. And that is my favorite shots. So my is two it favorite shots. Your favorite shot? No, push shots. My favorite shot, I think, oh, yeah. or a rack focus. But this dolly shot is kind of a push. It's more of like a movement of the camera. But so Steph Green and her cinematographer did an amazing job. And there's two shots that really stuck out to me, which I even went back and re re like rewound it. Uh, and Matt, my husband, was sitting next to me, and he's in video production as well. And I was like, "Yo, check out this shot!" Like totally geeking out. 
Um, it was when the first one was when Ahsoka tells Sabine to go get on the tail gun and she goes down that little tiny hallway and the camera is on a dolly and it is moving with Sabine through the hallway into the gunner position. They could have literally cut to Sabine already in the seat. They could have cut to Sabine already, you know, hooked up like they've done in other Star Wars movies and shows, but they literally showed you her climbing into that seat and the way that the um, hallway is so small and then Sabine's kind of a small person it really got you into the feeling of going into that gunner shot. And it's such a good shot. It's so smooth. Um, and it really made me feel like I was like, wow, this ship is gigantic because everything you're seeing with this ship is different pieces. But I feel like that kind of gave more of a real feel to the ship and like all the different parts, because oftentimes in Star Wars, they cut immediately to the person in the chair, whether it be Ray or Luke or whoever. Yep. The other shot was a dolly shot at the end, which to what James was saying before, it looks like the volume, but at the same time, it doesn't. And I think it's because of the way they use the camera here, which was a dolly shot to the side. So they had it on like a dolly and they moved it to the side and it was the ship in the red forest with the black of the trees mm -hmm. in the front and the foreground. And you see it and it literally looked like it was out of Doug Chang's like notebook or brain. <laughs> like it was such a beautifully captured star wars landscape with like the leaves falling i was like this reminds me so much of like a japanese anime like it, it was just so stunning um but again it was the camera movement that really sold it for me that made it look less of hey you're in the volume and it was like no see the camera's moving it's like an actual physical place we are in right now um mm -hmm. so yeah where the day is dolly hmm. enjoy so so we say, if we say Dolly, we all have to scream and yell and all that stuff <laughs> yeah. to keep the peewee team going. Um, yeah. And I saw someone in the chat uh, throw it out there. I noticed this too. Uh, Dave Hornack popped it in the chat and I love that other people are noticing this. The first shot of the two starfighters coming down on Ahsoka's ship uh, and firing in is an exact match from a new hope and the ties are kind yeah. of descending, descending down above the falcon i like it did. I, it looked i noticed that too and i was like wow that's exactly what that is and i'm glad other people saw that too it's just a, so many tributes to old classic star wars and it's cool seeing like if dave filoni did it in one of his directed episodes i'd be like ah my man yes but the fact that steph green has that in as one of her shots too i don't know if that was a collaborative thing or if she's she really did it in the in, but, yeah she yeah. also did it in the mandalorian where she's just very much in her spaces mm -hmm. like because she did the mandalorian episode where they go to mandalore and they're like in the crypt right yeah. that's the one she did with like the oh, crazy spider so. dude that like tries to kill the mandalorian he's like sucking blood out mm -hmm. of him and i was like yeah. oh i hate this there's bugs mm -hmm. she did that episode but like even in that one you felt like you were in the space like mm -hmm. it's another one that you didn't feel like you were in the volume because of the choices she was making with directing and with the camera movements and stuff like that. Yeah. And maybe they're seeing that, you know, a lot of the darker set things like a space battle is easier to pull off with the volume versus landscapes or enclosed spaces or something because. Right. Cause the forest too, like it had a very dark, like, yeah foreground and then around the outside creating this kind of like vignette yeah. of where the ship was which created more depth so i think you're right i think maybe more of a it darker looked good. yeah it looked yeah. really good so uh let's get into this episode i mean we could definitely start unless you guys have or are impassioned about a, a specific spot but obviously sabine training 
uh, again, more nods to a new hope with the blast shield. And I Luke, believe, she, yeah, how am I going to see? She almost <laughs> used the exact same line. How am I, how am I supposed to fight uh, when I can't see? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think? What do you think? What do you guys think of that? And then using the, um, the Bakken, which I guess are the wooden like katanas to fight mm-hmm. and stuff, very old school Japanese samurai stuff, which also, you know, as more of an American pop culture nerd, made me think of Batman Begins when uh, Ra's al Ghul's, uh, well, Ducard is training Bruce. Mm-hmm. And he like, because you know, when she makes Sabine slip and fall down, it's like when he taps the ice and Bruce goes through the ice. Yeah, it's like any like Mr. Miyagi, like yeah, any Master type of Apprentice, young, yeah. Yeah. you know, frustrated person that d- can't focus and they're just kind of like playing with them, so to speak. But I yeah. loved how Ahsoka was like, she was like, okay, I'm over, you're over here. And then she's like, am I? Like, that was so good. My favorite part of this whole scene, and this might be lame, is the end where they have the shot from the camera up to Ahsoka and she goes, let's go again. Like, I loved that line. It was delivered so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I'm liking the relationship between Ahsoka and Sabine because they didn't leave it in a position for so many episodes of frustrating back and forth. It seems like they're finally giving to one another and they're giving to the relationship and what could come from it. So we're not sitting on it for a long time because I hate when that happens when they have these like mentor apprentice things and then they drag on and you're like, okay, just come on, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's move this process. Like at least Sabine's kind of <clears throat> lowering her guard. And then we definitely saw in this episode of Sokoloa like become more fun and snarky and willing to work with other people. Yeah. I think that when it comes to this martial arts scene at the beginning too, there is a moment where I sometimes notice this in shows. I'm like, I f- it feels like you're dragging this out to spend, like you have a scene and you're dragging it out to fit like, the 40 minute or the whatever time and every portion of that uh that fight scene even though it was like long it wasn't really long but it was paced so perfectly that every section of it i felt uh traveled perfectly and by the end of it it when it when that title card hits i'm like you know completely sold on this not a ton of time has passed it's i that's the, the music thing with helped this too. The music kept that, it moving along. Oh, yeah. yeah. That 35 minute thing to me means that they found the pacing that they needed for these for these elements. There's like, oh, there's the training on the ship, there's the the fight, there's the space whales thing, there's the conversation, you know, with this, um, with the um Mon Mothma and everybody. There's like all these different sections, and each one of them was paced so perfectly even though they only did like 32 minutes or something. And I think that is another, um, I mean, we're going to get, I mean, it's all paced well, so I'll just say that now, but that Mm -hmm. was the uh, first inkling I got from it. When I was watching this, I was like, they could drag out this conversation or this battle and it could get boring. It didn't get boring for me. And I think that's because they perfectly paced it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I didn't, that was part of the episode. I didn't love. Um, I, I liked it for what it is and you know the nod to the original star wars uh obviously a nod to kurosawa um old samurai films all that stuff i just don't know where i'm at with sabine becoming a jedi i feel like and i'll get flack for this but that's fine i feel like sometimes there's this like cheat button that they hit for character development 
when they want to like really boost someone and they're like, well, we'll just make them a Jedi. We'll make them force sensitive. It's like with Finn. They were like, you know, Finn could have been an awesome hero without going the force sensitive route. They ended up doing it and Boyega wanted that. It's like, okay. But now with Sabine, it's like everybody's now force sensitive and going to be powerful except Hera out of this whole group and Zeb if he comes back. But it's and watch, he'll show up and he'll start lifting rocks too. But <laughs> I but I Where I is Zeb? I want to know, Dave Filoni. I do want yeah, we need Zeb. There's back. more to being like, a Jedi than lifting rocks. We know that, John. Right, we do know that. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, I'm still trying to come to terms with it. And my take on this was seeing her not be able to use the force with the cup, um, and like there being nothing there to me is obvious that it eventually is going to be there in a big way and sabine's going to become a huge user of the force it's just going to be like i don't know about like an awakening like with ray necessarily but it's i i I can't see the way filoni tells these stories that he's going to start here with this struggle and it not have a payoff where it's just gonna be like no she just can't do it it, there was a, a focus on that cup there was a there was she was by herself in the room trying it I don't know that you set it up that way and then have her end up not being able to do it. So I think it's coming. I don't know if it's that shot from the trailer, um, like we talked about, yeah. where she puts her hand out, but I think it's coming and it's going to, there's going to be one of those big moments, sort of like Ray catching the lightsaber in the woods type of thing. Yeah. I, and I don't I know do, how I feel about it. I don't know. I don't, I know. do care. Like I have a preference. I don't care that ultimately if it's not my preference, uh, that I'll be like, Oh, that's dumb. I don't like that. I, I'm not going to do that. But I tend to lean that I think there is the other side of this, and I think Lacey's on 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 uh, my viewpoint here is that this could be you're you're looking at it as an arc for um, Sabine, as in like she starts off not being able to use the force, and then she gets to a point where she can use the force. And I'm thinking of it more, or hoping at least that maybe it's an arc for Ahsoka to say you have to be you have to be force sensitive to use this, and Sabine could show her that you don't. And when we get to that point, we recognize that she can be Jedi without needing to wield the force or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think we were talking about this off the air because we were just chatting about, because John was saying how he didn't like that just like early on, just that's so crazy. he know. Yeah. Just kind of saying like, that's the one thing, because I was complaining about the time off air. Um, but that being said, I, so I think the thing that kind of made me go, hmm, was the moment where they're sitting there together and they're talking about how everything, all living things have the force, which we've heard before. Um, The thing that kind of made me go, I don't know if I like this is when Ahsoka said, well, everybody has the ability to, it's just about talent and skill. And this might be my own ignorance or misunderstanding of being a Jedi and using the force. But I, growing up, it was always, some people had it and some people didn't. Some people were able to use it and some people weren't. It was like the special thing that it was like a special power to have. Like you see in any kind of counts. Right. Fantasy story or special kind of like, oh, they're the chosen one type stuff that you see in any type of hero's journey. Harry Potter is a good example that Mm -hmm. some people are good at it and some people aren't, but it doesn't mean everybody has it. So the comments that Ahsoka was making where she's like, well, everybody has the, you know, it's just talent and skill. That was the thing that I was kind of like, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like the, because then it makes it less special uh, and less kind of important if everybody has that ability. However, uh, in the way of Sabine, I don't think she's force sensitive. And the reason why 
is when we go to the next scene where Hu Yang and um, Ahsoka are talking and he goes, you know, she's not going to be a Jedi. And she goes, I don't need her to be a Jedi. I need her to be herself. Mm -hmm. To me, I read that as, oh, she's never going to get powers because Ahsoka is accepting the fact that she's not force sensitive, but she's still training her anyway, because you can be force sensitive or like more in tune with what's going on without being like someone who's throwing cups or grabbing lightsabers or whatever. And I can't help but think of um, cheer it is a good example. Like he's very in tuned, but you don't see him using the force necessarily. He just knows what's going on. He's blind and he's fighting people all around him all the time. That doesn't necessarily mean that he's like full blown Ray grabbing lightsaber out of the woods or, you know, using a force jump to go over a TIE fighter. Well, does she does she have to be a Jedi? I mean, look at Kylo Ren, you know, not a Sith. He, he just, he's not a part <laughs> he, of that religion, but he's well, a full we, dark side. Uh, we sort of discussed user. this last week. I mean, they keep their marketing is like a new Jedi will rise. And it's like, who, who are they talking about? You know? So oh, that, that, you're saying that, the trailers and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So I I'm didn't thinking, consider that. Again, I, I don't watch the trailers after I've started watching the show because yeah. I don't want to spoil myself. But because yeah, and I I hear that because yeah. um, we always did that thing like which part hasn't been shown yet. Okay, we have that. Yeah, scene, right? yeah, yeah. But um, Ahsoka, like her debut in live action was the episode was called The Jedi. Even though you know I am no Jedi, um, I still think Ahsoka doesn't agree with what it meant to be a Jedi. Even though she's warming back to becoming one uh so i think it, it could be just a redefinition you know what if it's it's different than what we had known it to be or what she had known mm -hmm. it to be in story so i don't know i just I, I i'm happy to be wrong and i hope i am because i would prefer sabine to be more of just a great warrior mandalorian um who can use a lightsaber just like she uses the dark saber just like she uses you know any weapon but I just don't see Filoni being like, we're going to have her in this room by herself trying to move this cup and we're going to focus on the cup. And is it, is it, is it going to move? Is it's like the top in, uh, inception. But it could did it be, move? Did it move? Did it not move? But it and could then, be the kind of coming of age story of, Hey, you don't need to have these special powers to be special I, or maybe. have value. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I just, I just have this feeling that we're in for that kinder music swelling moment and, something happens and all of a sudden boom sabine yeah. the force user is here so i don't I, I don't know we'll see we'll see well darth snips makes a good point in the comments which is a good segue to the next part of this episode which is what if the new jedi is jason oh uh, yeah that kid was adorable too he oh my god job. so cute yeah, yeah so cute um yeah you know what's interesting about jason Sindula is i tried to you know i do the whole age thing so he's 12 here because it and wikipedia says he's born uh a year before the Battle of Yavin. This takes place 11 years after. And uh, How did Hera do all that stuff in the army when she was pregnant? Because I can't do anything pregnant. And <laughs> the fact that Hera's like, I was in a war. It's like... <laughs> you, you need a chopper. That's what it is. Apparently. Um, so just, just for, not for the sake of this, but just so we understand where Jason's at. So around the time of the Rise of Skywalker, he's 36 years old. Ooh. And ar around the time of the next Ray movie, he'll be 51 years old. If he doesn't join Luke's Academy. Oh, that, that's, that's stone cold right there. <laughs> 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 but anyway, I, I thought he was, he was adorable. I thought he did a great job. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a nice, you know, light moment, mother and son. He's around here somewhere. I don't know if he's with Chopper and stuff. 
Um, so what do you guys think of uh, the debut of Jason Sindula in live action? I think he was adorable, and I felt collectively through the Star Wars fandom the excitement that people had when they finally mm-hmm. saw him, because I feel like we were all like, yes! Um, but I'm going to be honest, my big moment from that whole kind of sequence was how good Mary Elizabeth Winstead was as Hera. Like, she mm-hmm. was so mm-hmm. good, sharp, witty, like, the fact that she's just like, you know, that when she was saying to the senator about how she was like, so... Were you in the war or did you just show up to find out who won? Like that to me was just like so well delivered. Ugh, it's so she has, good. A, she has more of a chip on her shoulder for sure. I mean, yeah. The love of her life. Yeah. Is- <laughs> you know, that that whole scene, I love that. I loved the scene. I thought it was good. Um, I thought also I loved the fact that it was Senator Ziono. That you know, that's a cool little yeah. Oh yeah. And, Star Wars and, and, so this show sort of pulls what a, what, a, what a jerk he is. He was I mean, a jerk kind of, in Star Wars Resistance, too. I know. We kind of already knew that, too. He was the one that was he's like, what? You're joining the Resistance? Like, they're, they're crazy. They're extremists. Like, you, you know, everything's mm-hmm. fine, you know? So we knew wh- where he stood. But um, the one thing that I saw out of this, I went and looked at people's comments and stuff, and everybody was like, no wonder the the New Republic is failing and all this stuff. It's like, I, I don't know. I kind of, I was kind of like on their side so, to a degree. I know Thrawn's coming back because I've seen the trailers, you know, but it's like when, when you're in this situation where somebody comes up, they want to go. I know that's what I'm saying. It's like when you're in the situation where you lead a committee and the whole committee is to sort of like de-weaponize, you know, the galaxy and all this and stuff. And you have somebody coming up and they're like, I want a bunch of money so that I can lead a task force to find person that we that has been officially claimed dead for, you know, 11 years I too would probably be like, are you sure that you're not just still like stuck on trying to find your friend who's alive? There's a I, clear yeah. connection here. And yeah. so her, her ask for that, uh, it doesn't seem massively inappropriate for it to get denied, but it, but honestly, I don't know. that fans scene, are for the, the good guys. And so it, they seem terrible, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, I was time, like, I like the conflict. It makes sense to me. That scene was a complete mirror of the scenes we saw in Andor. Yeah. Like when, oh my God, I'm blanking on her name. Blonde. What's her name? Mon Mothma? No, the blonde oh. in Andor that everybody, Deidre. Yeah. yeah. When she goes and she's like, I need this. I have my plan. The rebe- you know, there's people that are rebelling. We need to be on top of this. And how pompous all the em- like Imperial people were. They're like, there's no one out there. What are you talking about? Uh, it was literally I, the same exact scene just thought, on the resistance side where they're like, there's yeah. no one there. It's all gone. And it's like, you're watching this and you're screaming. Cause you're like, it's happening again. It's just on the different side that like, mm. it's the same I, thing. I thought of Andor too, but I thought of, I was comparing a, um, an inaction based Senator like Ziono. Mm-hmm. where she's like where were you during the war you were just waiting to see which side you wanted to choose based on who right. won i was like right. oh that's a good line that was such a good burn but it made me think of perrin and how he was like look these people are screwing up the galaxy as long as i can eat and drink and have a good time i don't care that's how i see these senators that's how i see real senators in real life 
I saw the pompous people that came in to take power. Yeah, do their thing. Same thing with Mandalorian when they're at the theater that uh, Palpatine and Anakin were at. Yeah. They walk out and all these people are like, what's going on? New Republic? Uh, Yeah, whatever. I don't care. As long as I can, you know, as long as I'm well fed. It's just like, that's why these things happen. That's why history repeats itself. It's just kind of, it's kind of crazy that uh, we we're seeing that happen right now with the Senate, which again is going to lend itself to supporting where the hell did the first order come from? How did this happen? And it's like, well, you, they made the same stupid mistakes the Senate did in the old, in the um, old Republic. And it's just like, uh, you know, what are you going to do? You, 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 it, it happens in real life. It also no. was a little frustrating to watch those senators talk about how their people like are done with the war and they're, you know, they don't, they won't, they want inaction, not action. You know, they don't want to do anything. And it's one of those things when you feel for Hera, cause she's like, I'm trying to make it so it doesn't happen again. And they're like, it's not going to happen again. It's totally fine. And we don't want to do anything. Cause you see it so reflected in real life oftentimes where you're like, Oh my God, everybody knew that they want to do something about X and you're sitting there going, we don't need to do anything. It's actually better if we don't do anything. And you're like, is it though? Mm -hmm. But that whole scene was great. And it was so wonderful to see Mon Mothma. Like every time I see her character now, it's like kind of like that warm hug that you're like, oh, there she is. Yeah. Crazy that that is, as John points out, 11 or 12 years after uh, Andor. And she's Chancellor. And it's yeah. our first real example of a recasting, leapfrogging original actor. And granted, small role. This isn't Han Solo, right, Rose Harrison right, Ford. So I get it, it but it's possible. interesting that they that they that they broke that rule, so to speak, that unwritten rule. Mm-hmm. Um, one no, one quick thing about Jason is uh, that he is wearing uh, a similar clothing palette like similar to I saw someone say yeah, that someone said it's that got dark dark blue underneath and then like uh um like a forest green like outer mm-hmm. thing with you know some some symbols and stuff and mm-hmm. and then he's standing there and he says i want to be a jedi like you know he doesn't say like my dad but you know you know where it's coming from and so jedi. like it's it's like it's sort of that thing where you're like looking at sort of a reincarnation of Kanan, you know what I mean? In a way you're like, that's a, Mm -hmm. that's a young Kanan in a, in a way Um, they don't say his name or anything, but you know, the way that they uh, chose to stylize him and stuff, I thought was very, I agree. I thought he looked good. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. And if that Lego sets any indication, we may see quite a bit more of him, him on the Um, ship, at least him doing some things. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, before we move on to there's more of this episode we have to tackle. Uh, I know we do have some super chats, so we'd love to uh, get those up we on screen and talk about those. Do. So first up is Oregon Outdoorsman. Love your pick. Wow. Thank you for the super chat. He said, just popping in. Have a great night, guys. Jolton Jedi. There Jolton he is. Jedi. is. Jolton Jedi DiMaggio. There he is. Thank you so much. Really goes to one. Oregon to be an outdoorsman. Yeah. Love <laughs> your pick. Everybody has such nice pictures. Uh, Rodrigo Vieira, thank you for the super chat, says, I loved Sabine's woohoo on the lasers, just like Luke. Yeah. Yeah. You are going to see a super cut eventually from Lucasfilm or Star Wars Disney of all the woohoos from Ray, from, you know, Finn, from everybody doing their different things. What's Beckett give a a woohoo? Yeah. I don't know, but everybody on the gunner always gives one. It's like become this, like, I have a bad feeling type scenario. I hurt my thumbs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for the super chat. 
Uh, Armen Rojas gave a super chat, but he didn't write what he wanted to write. So if you write that, that in, uh, we'll we'll read it in a little bit. But thank you so much for the super chat. We, thank you. It means wow. a lot yes, to us. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I feel yeah. bad because I'm sure you're like, wait, I didn't put my thing in. So don't worry. We'll we'll read it once you send that in. But thank you so much. Definitely. We'll head back into the space battle. Now we're on to the space battle, right? Yeah. So my, did you guys think at any point when they were like, they lost power, who Yang's down, that Hera was going to show up? Because I was like, she's showing up. With no. Whole, nope. Oh, wow. I was like, she's coming to help them out. That's what I thought. Interesting. No, I, but can we talk about literally how Ahsoka was fighting with lightsabers out floating in space going, hey, can you get me? Yeah. So <laughs> I like dumb and evil villains. They have to be both dumb and evil. But if you have those missiles and those cannons, why are you flying that close to the ship if you know she has lightsabers, you dummies? Like, unbelievable. They set themselves up for it. They deserve to die. They deserved it. <laughs> do the do the laser oh well I guess I guess they had missiles, but I was gonna say do the lasers just shoot forward so they so they have to be pointed straight at person? I think it was you ignorance. Know? I think it was over cockiness of Yeah shin where she was like i've got this because morgan was like you couldn't even do this and then morgan was like yeah was like you couldn't do this so i'll take care of it and then she was like and then she came back with that other dig where she was like don't worry you almost got them she's like congratulations you almost got them that's like oh she does she's not a fan that's clear yeah they do not like each other so i think it's because this one to the fall like it's just like yeah she's like are you it like master, are you, are you serious? You want me to do? No, that? stop telling me what to do. Yeah, that yeah. type of thing. But maybe she's the one that's going to kill Morgan Elsbeth and not Balin, like I thought. I could see Ooh. that being a thing where she just had enough. But I don't. I don't think Elsbeth's long for this show. She's gonna. She's not making it out of this show. She's being a little too too yeah. cocky about it. Witches don't survive this stuff. But I think Shin definitely went in like I'm going to finish this because I'm not dealing with the fallout if I don't. Yeah. So I think that's why they flew close. Plus, she, it looks cool. Yeah, and she does not blink. She's like Hannibal Lecter. She's evil. She She's is, very creepy. Yeah, it's like oh, I, very creepy. I uh, love the sound design on these ships. So good. They yeah. have the like old World War Two effect, you know, of them like being like bombers or something, you know, kind of thing, like almost pod racer style. They just sound so good. And uh, I loved everything about the fight, the way it was cut together, edited, the camera movements, uh, cutting back and forth, and um, the tension, you know, of, like, missing them. Like, mm-hmm. you, uh, you almost kind of feel like every time they come around, like, Sabine's going to get another one. Ha-ha, we're moving forward. But we're not out of it yet. But no, she, like, straight up misses them. Like, I've got Multiple this. Multiple times. And she goes, yeah. she fails. She's like, I, okay, I thought I had them, but I, but I did miss, you know. It just everything about it was so well. Ahsoka was so understanding. If I was in Ahsoka's position, I'd be like, you have one job, just just shoot them. So maybe you should do it. Um, <laughs> I was getting yeah. it to be, and I was like, oh, just do your job. A weird, a, uh, a weird like like about this is that <laughs> Hu Yang was like asleep <laughs> and mm-hmm. they like turned him back on. That I know he got shut down because of the accident, but as far as I'm aware, the only time that a droid is ever like shut down is like in the original Star Wars. C3PO is like, if you don't need me, I'll be shutting down for a while. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I noticed that about this fight. Like, at some point, they turn the droid back on. Oh, no, Leia, shut, like, Leia shuts off C3PO to shut him up in Empire. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't know why that's not a more Han's common like, thing. Thank you. But <laughs> I actively 
noticed. I'm like, okay, I know he got disabled or whatever, but at some point they like turn him back on and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I like that. That's yeah. cool. I think he turns yeah. himself back on. He powers back up after and he goes, Skin oh. And complete. Complete. Yeah. He goes, oh, my battery. I must, something must have happened. She yeah, I guess not so goes, much that it's like a person, but the fact that the droid was like out yeah. and comes back. Yeah. She yeah. turns him off though at the end of the episode, which I loved because she's like, turning you off and he goes, Oh no, I have so much work to do. She's like Jedi protocol. And it seems like she uses that as the out of any time she wants him to do something. Cause he's like, Oh, oh you're right. That's what I'm thinking of though. Oh, you're yeah, right. I got this, I got this pull away that like, yeah, there was the, the droid was going on and off at times. It wasn't just like another character. Yeah. You could turn a droid off and that was fine. Um, I like that. They use the purgle to, um, evade. Oh, it was so wild. And yeah. I, I, I can't imagine the purgle have this awareness of, ship types and they're like i think these are the good guys so we're gonna help them and these are the bad guys we're not gonna help them i think it just was a matter of circumstance just like han flying through canyons and stuff mm -hmm. they just happen to get in between two of them and that sort of thing but that whole thing was you know sort of reminiscent of the asteroid chase and attack of the clones but also empire strikes back with the asteroid field mm -hmm. i just loved the whole look feel sound every box you can check for a star wars space battle or space chase uh, was 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 hit ten out of ten in this this element of it before we get to the final um, act of the episode, so to they speak, did, they're on that planet. But they did the trope, yeah, and they did the trope of like, hurry up, hurry up, are you done yet? And he's like, no, still going. Hurry up, hurry up. They did that yeah. last episode with Sabine too. Yeah, they're like, hurry, yep. hurry, 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 hurry. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was well done. And yeah, Ahsoka standing in that space suit with the two lightsabers, like. I didn't like it was weird. And the fact that it was weird w meant that it was fresh. And I know I believe I saw someone in our Patreon today mm -hmm. say Plo Kloon did that against droids in the, the Clone Wars. Um, uh, yeah. But in space, Ezra did it too when he was out in like kind of a space. When they were flying with the Purgles. But, yeah. they, but they've never done it in live action. Herbie. Yeah, right. And yeah. seeing that was just really cool. Yeah. It was so Dave Filoni when she came outside. I was like, this is so. Dave Filoni. It's something yeah. that he'd be like, I'd love to see Ahsoka fighting in space. And her <laughs> like doing the flip and kind of landing oh, yeah. back on and stuff. Yeah. And then yeah. like her floating away from the ship was so, such like a Clone Wars She's Rebels like, joke yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. Come get me. Yeah. yeah. That was, I, although yeah. I did think that was a little strange. I thought, you know, why, why Ahsoka as powerful she is, couldn't do what, you know, Leia does or anybody else. Yeah, just like last cool. Jedi. part of my thing was like, when she does the jump over, I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense in space. She would float away, but I was like, Oh, but she's using the force to bring herself back to and the ship. It's but fake. <laughs> it's true. It is fake and in space. <laughs> no, I but figured that her boots obviously had break of, logic. I mean, they do a good job, is what I'm saying. But I figured her boots had some type of magnetic thing. I thought that too. Metal. Like it, it might just be strong enough, and she was maybe just far away that Jake wouldn't connect. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, I thought that whole thing was great and a very uh, classic, fun Star Wars space battle. And so it was good to see uh, our heroes get out of uh, a. A tough mess and then we get to the planet with all the red trees and clearly where the ancient witchery map system is mm -hmm. uh where balin is patiently waiting um and then we get our heroes landing and turning off their ship and then having to turn it back on and clearly they're going to be located 
Um, I think, I think this next episode is clearly where we're going to get those lightsaber battles. I think. Oh, between Shin and Sabine. I think Ahsoka is going to kill Marek in the woods, and then she's going to go after Balin because I believe in the trailer when he's talking to her, it's when that map, ancient map, things turned on, and they're in that sphere, and Mm -hmm. he's talking to her about Anakin and stuff. Yeah, you're right. I think she's going to kill Marek. Marek, he's toast. By the way, his voice. As you wish, it's very Kylo Renny. Yeah, and I think he's. I think he's going to get killed. Uh, not going to be revealed to be Ezra, unfortunately for many. And then she's going to go after Balin. Now, I think Balin's going to get it, away. Yeah, and on the other side of it, I do think that will be Sabine and for Shin too. Um, and then is that the moment we get the Sabine Force power? You know, so I don't know. I mean, definitely the trailers have revealed to us that there are going to be fights between Marek and. Shin and uh, Sabine in this forest. We've already seen that. And we know that this is the same planet, like you said before, that has the monument and all that, which um, I don't know if it's like a a very known thing, but it was in a trailer very quickly. Uh, Hera is on this planet too. She is at that monument at one, in one point. I think she shows up up after on guard with her gun out. So she's in this at some point she's, she is going to go there and Jason's going to sneak aboard and come on Rob. the adventure and mm-hmm, be like mm-hmm. someone that gets held hostage or something, you know? Yeah. No, and he's going to blow like... up the trade federation ship by himself. <laughs> yeah, that could be too. <laughs> um, um, so let's get to that super chat from Armin. Yes, because this leads into more speculation of what's to come. Yeah. So thank you again for the super chat. Did you super chat again? You don't have to do that. He super chatted double. You didn't have to do that. We would have just read it. But thank you so much. He said, in which episode do you think we'll see Thrawn? And this is his first super chat. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. No worries whatsoever. Uh, Truly appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to kick this off. I said it kind of before we even started this series. Dave Filoni is directing episode five. I think Thrawn's showing up in five. I think Ezra's showing up in five too. I think there's a reason Filoni's doing that. There's a reason Filoni wanted to direct that episode. And the way I see it is he kicked off the series because Ahsoka is his baby. I'm assuming he wants to do five because all those other characters are coming in as well. And he wants to oversee that. I, I entirely agree with that. I think it's, I think episode four, you have some res, you know, still fighting here on this planet. That's what we're going to get. And then you might walk into lead. frame like the trailer at the end of episode four, Thrawn. But I think, yeah, five. I think I think four is them uh, finishing some fights and all that other stuff. And the end of that episode is them getting to that monument and being like, it's opened. They opened the door. And then mm-hmm. that's the end of four. And five is going through or it coming, whatever's coming back, whatever, and all that. And that's like a big monumental episode in five. And then you have, um, what we have, what, what is it? Eight, six, eight. seven, and eight still to yeah. go. Yeah. So... I think five is the one where the the portal gets opened. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think we're getting a a bunch of those duels in four. And it's going to be classic Star Wars. Let's check in with this fight. And then let's go check in with this fight. And then let's see what's happening here. And something's going to happen between Ahsoka and Balin. While they're fighting, they're going to turn something on. I don't know what's what's going to happen with that map thing, but something is going to happen where that ring is going to get blasted into hyperspace because they're going to finally install that final hyperdrive. So Elsbeth maybe gets away with it or or Shin doesn't. You know, I don't think 
I, I can't see Sabine killing Shin. I think Shin, first of all, too cool of a character to kill her right now. We're just getting to know her. Oh, she's so, so cool. So Star Wars does do that sometimes. Let's not kill so, all the bad people real quick. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> Shin gets away. Uh, whether she goes to, you know, entangle with Elsbeth, I'm not sure. But I do agree by the end of four with all those fights that are going to be happening. Because we just went from space battle. Now we're going to get to the ground battle and the lightsabers and all that cool stuff for this one. And I agree. Filoni taking us into the new galaxy in five makes a ton of sense. So I'm with you guys. Awesome. We do have another super chat. Thank you so much. Freezy. It's not an episode of TRB live without Freezy coming in here in the super chats. He asks, why wouldn't Ahsoka and company ask Luke for help? That's true. We've seen Ahsoka with Luke in book of Boba Fett. Why wouldn't she ask for help? Is this when, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this when Luke is sort of doing that exploring the galaxy for Sith artifact stuff. Is that where what's he's doing? What he's doing right no, now? No, he's starting the academy. I when he did, did he go on the missions the with um, Lando? Lando. Lando. I thought it was before the academy because then after the academy burns down, then he goes and exiles himself. So I think all that stuff has to be before the academy. I just and know all- we were seeing the academy being built. So he's not training anybody yet but it's right. being built. So yeah, he could be traveling. Um, my assumption is that Ahsoka just didn't want to bother him because she didn't want to bother anybody from the start of this whole series. Or she didn't know Luke enough. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we know the real reason, um, but for story, I'm sure they'll figure out a way to answer that, but it's a big galaxy and not, you know, Luke can't be the hero all the time, I guess. Yeah, I think yeah, I got nothing. Him. I don't know. He yeah. was training Grogu, as far as we know. <laughs> unless, unless at this point, there's still this weird thing. I don't know if we've sorted it out or not. Of like, does Ahsoka take place a little bit before Mando season, you know, or whatever? No, I think and this is all supposed to take in. This place is in parallel order. with season three. Yes. Where, okay. I, yeah. I'm just, I yeah. If that's true, that's true. And we, we can, but if it was the other one, then you might be able to say that she hasn't, maybe hasn't contacted Luke yet. She hasn't met Luke yet because I don't know. I think but she I'm probably has, wrong. and I'm she just doesn't wrong. want to bother him. I think that's what it is. She knows that he's got enough on his plate. She knows it's Anakin's son. She already has that struggle baggage situation with Anakin itself himself. So yeah. why would she then want to drag his son into something else? Like if I was in her position, I'd be like, I'm not touching that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going yet. I've had enough history and drama with that family. Mm. I'm going to leave right. this guy alone. Let him live his life happily where he is right now. <laughs> like, I I agree. I agree. She sees um, this as cleaning up her own mess kind of I yeah. think, more than dragging more people into it. Yeah. I mean, overall, I thought it was a really good episode. Um, I think Lacey Thank you, Freezy, for the super chat, by the way. Yes. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for those super yep. chats. Appreciate it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think this was a nice step forward for um, Sabine and Ahsoka. Um, dragging that out any longer with the, oh, I don't know if I should. I walked away from her thing would have been just too much. So I like that they've sort of cut that yeah, out like that let's thing. get to working let's together get to the point there's already plenty of backstory with these two that we can revisit with rebels and everything else and um, you'll get little glimpses of training but i'm glad that this episode provided us one segment of like there's nothing going on let's just train you know and then it's yeah. like it's done the rest of it i mean i don't think we'll get another like dojo scene the rest of the series they've done yeah. it you know they yeah yeah right 
Um, so I don't know uh, that I have much else. Um, we covered pretty much most of the episode without pointing out every single frame. Um, but uh, came pretty I, close though. <laughs> yeah, I I really did enjoy it though. I thought it was a good episode. And I look forward to seeing where this thing goes because you know a lot of people are saying like, wow, already you know three episodes in. You know what are they going to do? Uh, I think there's still plenty of time for them to do a lot of things here, and it doesn't mean that this show is going to be a the end. This is clearly springboarding into the next thing. So there's going to be stuff left loose by the end of uh, part eight, and we'll find out what that is. Right, because there's other um, shows and that movie. Oh the my only gosh, thing the that, movie. Yeah, the movie. I yeah, mean, the- Sabine will meet Mando at some point. Yes. Will yeah. be back I, with Bo-Katan, I think he's and they will have that moment where for us, it's like we remember them meeting in uh, Rebels, but for the rest of the audience, they're like, oh, two worlds colliding. That's the Mandalorian, good opportunity to, and uh, that's also Ahsoka, Sabine, you know? If Sabine, mm-hmm. you know, if she really wants to be a Jedi and, and follow certain aspects of being a Jedi, you have to build your own lightsaber. She currently has Ezra's. I would like to see Ezra get his back. Um, yeah. Does is, is it a good opportunity for Sabine to build a new Darksaber or something that like that? I think that could be interesting. So I think Darksaber's out of her story. I mean, not because it's destroyed, but I'm saying the or something the that, legacy that comes with it, the responsibility. That well, comes with I'm it. saying maybe something that is symbolic of being a Mandalorian and a Jedi. That's not just a traditional lightsaber. That um, is also very true that it, with Dave Filoni, this goes back to the Sabine being a Jedi thing is that Dave Filoni gave us that story of the um, Tar, Tar Vizsla, yeah. the original Jedi Mandalorian and all this. And it's like, that's such a cool lore. And if it was ultimately like leading back to this thing, cause who Yang says it in the episode, like there's been very few people who have crossed the paths of Mandalorian and Jedi at the same time. Um, so I don't know. It, it could be leading to something like that. Like Dave Filoni has that in the back of his mind, the Tar Vizsla story and um, bringing the two together. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. throw something wild out there before Let's we go. I love it. I think that what's going to happen is they're going to have to, you know, Balin's going to get away and travel to this new galaxy. I think all of us know that that's where this is leading is that they're going to go to this new galaxy. We've been talking about here on TRB about how it's a good explanation of where people were at certain time periods. If they're somewhere else, I think that they could get away and then they need to get a crew together to make this jump. Hera can't do it. She's attached to the new Republic. She's attached to things that are happening here. She can't make that jump. I could see them pulling in Mando and saying he has no ties whatsoever to the new Mandalorians, to being a sheriff. He's living by himself with Grogu in that little house, living his life. Or Boba. Or Boba Fett. (laughs) Like, like, I'll go with them. (laughs) Yeah, when you look at how season three ended, it ended in such a position that left it open. And even the creators were saying that. Like, Rick was saying that, Dave Filoni was saying that, John Favreau. They left it open. If Dave went to him, as in John Favreau, and said, look, I want to take Mando with Ahsoka to this new galaxy. What an opportunity to make something your own. So I could see them being like, let's do it. Let's go. Let's get the crew together. Make the jump. Yeah, it's, it's definitely on the table. And it's definitely something that will help them 
explain where all these characters are without having to kill everybody. And then that movie <laughs> takes place in this new galaxy. A completely that could be new too. galaxy that has nothing to do with the Skywalker stuff or anything. And Dave Filoni yeah. has now his, made his stamp in the Star Wars galaxy with this brand new galaxy. I, I don't know if I said this on a show that you weren't on or not, Lacey, but I still get the vibe that that portal to the galaxy is not a way for people to go over there, you but it's bring for them whatever's back. over there to get back mm. to us. So it's more of a I, gateway you're saying. I, I think One I compared way. it to like Shang-Chi where like somebody's yes. like, oh, I'm I'm hearing the voices and we got to open the door. And it's like, don't open the door. And then he does it anyway. They open the door. Or World Between, I mean, world between Worlds where he pulls Ahsoka through, but he doesn't go the other way yeah it's like i i kind of just have this feeling that like that's why the um uh what is uzong von thing question came up earlier it's kind of like like, avengers any type of portal like it's open something comes yeah i'm like i could sort of see that being the thing is like they open up the door now that the door's open it's like they've now let in this other galaxy of enemies and that could like lead to so much i feel like it's such an explanation of where, where people we've went. all we've all been asking this okay yeah for rise of skywalker where was Mando? where was by Grogu? that point where? most of them are dead you know or we uninvolved don't. i mean the minute the uh, yeah they don't have to be but i'm saying like mando could be dead uh hera could be dead ahsoka yeah, Grogu, is probably dead Grogu but i don't know about dead. ezra i just you know, that's like tricky. i don't know about Sabine. very that's interesting way to completely sever the Skywalker timeline stuff so that you're not questioning anymore when something took place, where someone was, what's because they're in a completely new place and we're all on ground, ground zero, ground level of, hey, this is somewhere new. We don't, which John has pointed up, we we don't know how time works in this new galaxy. We don't know if there's new properties or new things or new planets or new territories or whatever. It's literally an open space pun intended, mm-hmm. of anything could happen. But also, there has to, you know, there's always, in Star Wars, it's not fighting just to fight. There's always a reason to fight. And usually for Star Wars, is to protect something and to protect people. So at what point, at some point, it has to come back to the fate of people in this galaxy as to why, you know, people sure. like Hera and sure. such would leave this galaxy in such a, rocky state as it is uh and go there to go fight in another galaxy you know what i'm saying so was Hera around for the sequel trilogy do we know that someone said they saw the ghost in the at the end of rise of skywalker i don't know if that was a a vcx 100 or whatever but uh yeah i remember i don't i don't seem to have any real concerns when it comes to like where was so and so during uh, either the original trilogy or the sequel trilogy, because I feel like the story pretty clearly only follows like these three people. There's a bunch of people out there fighting. They're fighting the war. It's just like, yeah, we sure. like, where was Hera during the original trilogy fighting the war? Why didn't we see her in the original? But this movies? opens it up because that we're on the she? Death Star with Luke and Han, you know? Right, right. But I'm saying like with this, this sequence going into the sequel trilogy in this timeline for this 30 years leading up to it. The question is, was she there or was she somewhere else? You know what I mean? For, for the sequel trilogy or this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like I said earlier, she could be dead too. I mean, that's another 30 years on what is she now? She's probably in her forties, seventies, eighties. I don't know. Somewhere in there. Maybe. Yeah. Ian brings up a good point in the chat. He he doesn't think it's necessarily a portal. It's more of a hyperspace travel 
ring for longer distances. And I agree with that too, that it definitely is an option. We talked about that last week about how it looked kind of like Kenobi's ship from the prequels where he has the ring to jump to hyperspace and then he separates it from when he goes to the planet. Um, that's totally true too. I think it's fun uh, to think about things like this, Ian, where it could be one or the other. We don't really, we well, don't really know. Yeah, I guess the way I see it is sort of like once it goes there, like it we'll is, know. it can, it's a circle for a reason because I think things are going to be able to like go through it, or maybe it did, it maybe it's they say too when it gets there. Space lane. They kept they do. saying that about the purgles and everything. Like, oh, this is like a hyperspace lane. So it's I, like, okay. yeah, I, I, yeah, I, it's I, weird. They, you need something big enough to make the jump. So, so do they just go over there to? get Thrawn and Ezra and then come back. How do they know they have enough fuel to go both ways? Like I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm referencing a lot of sci-fi movies in my head right now that it's like, okay, you can make the jump one way, but not back. You can- yeah. They have seven hyperspace engines or whatever. And, yeah. Um, and it's like the fastest thing that's ever existed in the star Wars but- world because <laughs> it has to, I mean, they say that in the show, it has to like make that distance yeah. quickly. You know, Yeah, I think the, the moment, I think I said this last week, when we were reviewing the first two, the moment I heard them say another galaxy, I'm like, that is 100% so that they can help explain a lot of stuff. And yeah, hundred percent. There'll be in story. We'll see explanations for that. But I, I do think it is a nice utilization tool to it's make like things. It's like a bow, right? Cause you're just like, Oh, perfect. They were always there. It, it's know? just, it, it's at least a nice option mm-hmm. to say mm-hmm. like, we're not we're not sure where we're going with post rise of skywalker stuff or or you know whatever but it's nice to know we have this now as an option mm-hmm. so we do have some good comments in the chat saying that like what if it's big enough to bring back a fleet of ships what if it's big enough to attach to a purgle that's what i'm trying to i'm trying to put that together and i think i think um, John's been getting on me lately about the science of it. He's like, it's fake, <laughs> but I, I'm trying to think <laughs> of the logic of what the ship does. Cause you're right in saying that it, it's like a, it's hyperspace laning through there. So the ship is just like a vessel to get there. It's not necessarily a door, but there's a reason it's a circle, you know, otherwise they'd just be building any ship and it could just fly there. But there, right. I think there's something about it being a circle so that like things can travel through it and we'll be able to get like Thrawn's fleet, like the Chimera will be able to come back through that ship and you'll see oh, the Chimera yeah, and live where action. The and all lane that. thing comes from like, Oh, so like they could yeah. go there, but then they wouldn't be able to bring his ship with it unless it's like oh, attached to it. Uh, or yeah. Something, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. It's, it's exactly like the hyperspace transport ring that Obi-Wan did, except it's not a one-person fighter. It's going to be like right. Super Star That's what I was thinking. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's so many possibilities. It's cool to think about because you're like, could it be this? Could it be that? We don't know. We'll find out. And mm-hmm. and and let's, let's remember the fact that, you know, I don't want people to be disappointed. There's a very, very good chance that this season of Ahsoka ends and we don't get all the answers we're looking for because this is all supposed to thread into the next thing. We're going to learn more in Skeleton Crew. We're going to learn more in the next Mando. You know, whatever's tied to this. I think everything is tied to this that's currently being filmed or made except Ac- Acolyte. Like all these other stories are all part of this thing. I'm so, so hyped right now. That's like so much story to tell. There's it's like- amazing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we're right. In, we're just at the beginning of this thing. So the only thing I'm worried about is, you know, 
what was the you know what's the fate of Balin's skull going to be? How they're going to handle that if he lives? Yeah, it's just like yeah. it's, it's good. It's, it's good. good. So things good. Sort of all so over again. Yeah. It's like Heath Ledger in the Dark Knight. It's just like oh yeah. my god. <laughs> I am gonna <laughs> since we're wrapping up here. I am gonna end on the super chat. Thank you so much from Barclay. Thanks for the super chat. I think this is your first one, so we really appreciate it. He said maybe the other galaxy is where Palpatine. <laughs> Palpatine's everywhere. There are I, if I never hear that cold. name again, <laughs> let me tell you, Barclay, I, I'm Palpatine out. <laughs> the Palpatine's like, look, until you come up with a better villain, it's the Palpatine show, baby. She be Get out of here. Get out of here. One, one right. thing that I love about this show or this particular episode too is that uh, they've shown the the credits in episodes one and two. They have that scene where this uh, the music switches. It's very emotional music, and they they're moving along the path, and you see the space whales in the, like the hieroglyphics, right? And I would imagine if I had never watched Rebels, I'm watching that, and I'm like, oh, these are just weird, you know, images and creatures and things like that. But to watch episode three, see those things, and then see the credits, and you go, oh, that's what that is. I see now they were like people who don't know rebels. They're like that information was there. And now it feels it's already feel like it's coming together. I feel like that's how the whole show is going to be with this end credit scene. I'm hoping that by the end of it, we all go. So that's what all that was. You know? Yeah, I do have yeah. to say that I talked to a friend today, a coworker who loves Star Wars, but never watched Rebels, never watched Clone Wars. Um, and he started watching Ahsoka and he said he loved this show and he knew exactly what was going on, even though he didn't know any of the references. So that's a really, really comforting thing to me because you're like, oh, people can get into this without having to feel the need to follow every single storyline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I love I love how they're delivering it all. I know it, but I feel like people are getting what they need to get through. Like even who Yang in this episode is like these large space whale or whale like creatures who would travel around called Perigil, you know? And it's like, we're getting the information even though we already know it, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and we'd be remiss if we didn't thank Ryan Johnson for listening to the podcast. So appreciate that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Ryan Johnson as in R Y A N Johnson. Like yeah. It's like George who, Costanza with John Voight's pencil. Yeah, yeah. Who has an adorable profile pic of Ahsoka and Grogu touching heads. But yeah. I do have to say, this is a great comment where he said, I just want to stop by and say that this show is freaking awesome. I haven't enjoyed live action since when, since when George left. Th- that's great. You know, yeah. I, I couldn't be happier for Star Wars fans coming together over a show or saying, hey, I finally feel like I found something or I've gotten back into it because that's what we all want. Right. We all want to feel yeah. passionate about it. So um, and I'm happy for you, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> and I'm so there, sorry you have that name only because I can only I, imagine. I, I, I know <laughs> Ryan Johnson. He's like, I hate my name now. <laughs> I know yeah. a Ryan Johnson from my hometown. I don't think it's him, but he does like Star Wars. So it's possible that was the Ryan I know. But mm. um. <laughs> You know, and and there's gonna be people who don't like you know Ahsoka and stuff. That's you know, okay too. Steer away, steer away from it, the hate, though. You know what I'm saying? This look around. There's so many people who love what's going on. Find your people, and you got a good group right here. So if you're new to what we have going on, uh, welcome aboard. Um, we have a great community here, and a lot of it's thanks to all the people you see in the chat, all the people you hear uh are surrounding us at our live events on our patreon discord uh it's a great place to be so thank you all for joining us i feel Hope dumb that i didn't realize his name was ryan johnson until you said that. 
<laughs> just, I was like, wait, what? And then I read it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> why does that sound familiar? Old yeah. school technique I call reading. I'm, I'm bad <laughs> at that sometimes. <laughs> You're growing a human, Lacey. It's okay. I have no excuse. I am. So. Uh, and it's it's insane how much it affects your brain memory and like the ability to like remember things. Uh, yeah. But I remember um, the show because I watched it five times. There you go. Uh, but thank you all for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. Uh, means means a great deal to us. Make sure you're subscribed to us on your preferred podcast app. Also, YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast. We see a bunch of people just joined us uh, as subscribers. So thank you for that. And of course, our patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. If you dig what we do here and want to be able to support what we do, what you get from TRB, two episodes a week, every week, is just from the three people you see on the screen right here. We don't have producers. We don't have interns. We don't have anything. It's just the three of us. So your support allows us to keep doing what we're doing. So thank you all very much. Special shout out to our generals and spice runners. Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Aaron Ellington, Colin Cormier, Jolton Jedi DiMaggio, Diana and Dave Hornack and our spice runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Michael Fry, and the Fort Worthy. And thank you all and all of our patrons and all of our listeners for all of your support. Any way that you do, it means a great deal to us. Um, for me, um, most of the social medias, including the new ones, uh, at Johnny Hoey and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies, we're going to be doing Commando next, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Lacey, you're up. Where are you at? People can find me on all social media at Lacey Gillerin, except for on TikTok, where it's it's Lacey Gillerin. Um, but please take the time to follow us, the podcast, on social media at TRB Podcasts. Uh, we're on all the different platforms. We post stuff, you know, daily, weekly, new content, stuff like that. And we really appreciate your support. Uh, and let us know how we're doing. Leave a review if you can. That would mean a yes. lot to us. Yeah, a lot of people have been doing that on Apple too. Appreciate it, uh, James. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Meyer Trunks. All right. Me and James will be back with you on Monday where we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the shadow cast by the Empire Strikes Back plot twist and what that has meant about speculation for fans. Um, but we hope you have a wonderful weekend. We hope you're enjoying Ahsoka. We hope you're having a good time and life is treating you well. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. <laughs>